Well, welcome to Ardstale Friends live broadcast to our worship service here in our sanctuary. You know, we really long to be with each and every one of you, and we're hoping that that day will arrive when we can all be together here at Ardstale Friends and around the country and around the world where people can gather and worship our risen Christ. It's kind of unusual, of course, to be here in this room, just a few of us. Many of you don't know that right before the service starts, right before 11 o'clock, it's dead silent in this room because we're kind of doing a, a minute countdown. And so really that's kind of a preparation even for us in the Quaker tradition of worshiping our God just to silence our hearts. But as that countdown gets uh, closer to zero, you know, your heart starts beating a little bit uh, and you just start wondering, am I going to say the right thing? But welcome again to our live broadcast this morning. I have Bob um, with me here this morning. And Bob used to use this uh, microphone, and we're using that this morning uh, so that hopefully it can follow me around a little better and the voice uh, doesn't fade away. So uh, just welcome Bob Bedford with us this morning as well. Uh, our uh, verse of the week comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, and it reads, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, not one will see the Lord. So I hope you kind of make that your memory verse this week as well. Post that on your refrigerator someplace or in a room that uh, you can uh, see it occasionally. It also will be sent out in the email. It already has one out. But just remember that that verse, again, reads, make every effort, every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, not one will see the Lord. Let us pray. Jesus, as we just come before you today, we're so thankful for your presence in our lives. We're so thankful that you watch over us and take care of us. You know our every need. And so you're with us right now. We ask for your hand to be upon the leaders of our world and leaders of our nation as we go through this pandemic. And we're so thankful for those that are working in the hospitals, those frontline people that are sacrificing their time, that are sacrificing their health, so we just ask that you be with them in a special way today. And again, we're reminded of those who have lost loved ones and those that are in the hospital. Lord, we need your help. We need your guidance. We need your strength. We love you. We love one another. So just help us in these days to find the peace that passes all understanding. Still to pursue holiness righteousness and the love of Christ. May it just overflow in us and may we live at peace with all men. In your name we pray. Amen. I do have a couple of announcements or reminders that we've been sharing here at Archdale Friends. Just remember that uh, Mother's Day is coming up this next Sunday and the Isaac Harris class is continuing their uh, recognition of mothers. 
And so if you'd like your mother recognized, you can contact the office, but you really need to call or be in contact with Becky Coltrane. Uh, her address, email address has been sent out. And so you can um, use that to have your mother recognized. Uh, we're not taking any financial contributions necessarily this year. So you can just contact Becky Coltrane, send your mother's name in, and yours as well. We'd like to continue this tradition of honoring our mothers who have guided us, protected us, who have helped us reach this place in life where we are, who have given us Christian morals and values. We thank you, mothers, for what you've done for Hartsdale Friends and the community in which you live. Also, secondly, we're going to recognize the graduates later this month of May. It'll be the 31st, the last Sunday. So if there's a graduate um, in your family, uh, please send that information into the office. There's a form that uh, Linda will respond with, so you can fill out that form and get it sent in. We'd like at least one photograph of the graduate, so you can send that to, to my phone, my, my phone number. Uh, I receive those, and then we'll get those put up on the screen for uh, the 31st. You could also bring a hard copy um, by the church so we could uh, use it uh, just equally as well. Ministering Council um, is continuing to monitor when we should open. Again, we're thinking about May 24th, and we're hoping that the first day that we can be back and worship here together. That is Memorial Weekend, but we would hope that you would uh, remember our stale friends and be here on that Sunday when we can reopen. Of course, that'll be reevaluated and where we are in the different phases that our government officials have um, so put forth here in North Carolina. We do have a, a hymn to sing this morning. Uh, Charlene and, and Rick are going to lead that for us. And it's The Longer I Serve Him. And you should be able to again see that, those words on the screen.
machine, and he told me he was um, at his mother's house getting his laptop set up uh, so that uh, she could watch from home. So hello, Nancy, good morning to you. Uh, but Gene is going to share with us now a couple of songs, and we're just delighted to have you here. I was raised right here in Archdale, friends. Um, it was a wonderful upbringing, um, sp spending time with family, friends, and the whole congregation. And the foundations built at this church carried on to make me what I am today. And probably the most important thing I learned was that I have a personal relationship with God. So I can take him with me anywhere, all the time. So um, <clears throat> I'm going to play a song for you today called Paved in Gold. Taking my stand, waiting on the great I am For him to reach down, take me by the hand Here I am, on my knees again Waiting patiently for him to descend Call out my name, say it's time to go Up to where the streets are paved in gold He said in his word, he'd be back for us someday Carry us home to the heaven that we pray Here I am on my knees again Waiting patiently for him to descend Call out my name, say it's time to go Up to where the streets are paved in gold you're ready when he calls out your name to spend eternity in our Lord's grace here I am on my knees again waiting patiently for him to descend call out my name Say it's time to go Up to where the streets are paved in gold I'm taking my stand 
Waiting on the great I am Now I'm going to go way back and to one of the first songs that I wrote. <clears throat> this one's called Final Mountain, and I wrote this without a guitar before I actually learned to play the guitar, and I wrote this walking on the mountain, the Uari Mountains just down in Randolph County here. So. When I climb that final mountain to my home up in the sky, you will know that I am happy. So I beg you, please don't cry. I'll be walking with my Savior on heaven's trail forevermore I'll be waiting for you to join me when you come knocking on the door remember times we've shared together share with those you love the best when our say comes a calling stand up proud and pass the test when I was younger my mama told me you can be son what you want to be just remember Jesus loves you that's why he died Calvary's tree This world will tempt you To go astray And should you fall Don't be afraid He'll be there To forgive you If you get down On your knees And pray Remember times We've shared together Share with those you love the best When our Savior comes a-calling Stand up proud and pass the test Our days on earth are surely numbered So make the most of every one Pay attention, count your blessings, pass on your wisdom to the young. Someday we'll all be together again in glory, side by side. Choose your own path, just remember you've got one chance. Enjoy the ride Remember times We've shared together Share with those You love the best 
our Savior comes a calling, stand up proud and pass the test. When our Savior comes a calling, stand up proud and pass the test. here to clap, but we can say, we can clap at home, and you can say amen. So again, thanks, Gene, appreciate you coming up here and sharing with us today, we sure do. Those of you that were with us last week, we looked at some of the first verses in the 11th chapter of Luke, and today we're continuing our study in the 11th chapter of Luke, but we'll be looking at prayer, asking Seeking and knocking. Last week's theme was obedience, and this week's theme is, again, prayer. Asking, seeking, and knocking. So here are the scripture verses uh, from uh, Luke 11, verses 9 through 13. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, go, if you then through, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? To those who ask him. Uh, I really want to begin by giving a little uh, Jewish background of their prayer life uh, before we look at this passage in Luke chapter 11. Their practice of prayer was a vigilant prayer three times a day. They prayed in the morning for an hour, they prayed in the afternoon around three o'clock for an hour, and then their evening prayer. Their morning prayer consisted of what is known in the Old Testament as a Shema. It's, uh, you can look it up in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and it talks about, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. And so that's where that passage begins. And they would use that in their morning and evening prayer. They would recite that um, Shema. And they would also incorporate in that morning hour of prayer, some of their personal needs, some needs of their neighborhood, some needs of their family. But they would also incorporate uh, singing of hymns and some of the psalms. They would just sing those and pray those, but also uh, hymns of benediction. And, and that was called tefillia. So they had the Shema and then the tefillia and then again still some personal prayers. And they were committed to doing that an hour every morning. That was their morning prayer life. At, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they would still have an hour of time of prayer. It consisted more of just singing of hymns and benediction type of songs. So they were again committed to that. And it wasn't just one person uh, in the family. A lot of times the whole family would pray the morning and the afternoon. And then the evening prayer also was an hour long. And they would do that together. It considered the Shema and the Tefillia, and then, again, personal prayers. And so they would 
uh, have a three-hour prayer stations, one three-hour prayer station each each day. And so you, we can see where Jesus gets this desire then to pass on to his disciples the aspect of the need to pray, to ask, to seek, and to knock. I had a friend in Ohio who once prayed 40 years before the prayer came to resolution. So they didn't give up, and they didn't give in, they didn't give out. They kept praying. And so we need to be persistent in our prayers. And the other aspect that I want us to think about today is listening. We need to listen. Just as you have a conversation with someone in your household or a friend, a neighbor, um, someone here at Archdale Friends, when you engage in a conversation, there's two people usually, at least, or more. And we don't do all the talking. We have to do some listening if we want to really engage, be engaged in that conversation. And that's the same way it is with God. When we have our prayer time, it's not all just about asking. It's listening. Active listening is a central part to develop a healthy relationship with your spouse or with your children or with a neighbor. And it is also true of your relationship with Jesus Christ and God. We have to take that time to listen to what the other person says, to what God is telling you in your heart. So in your prayer time, we just shouldn't be asking for what we want or what we need. It means we need to take time to listen. So what does your prayer time look like? Do you pray while you comb your hair or while you fix breakfast or while you drive to work? Maybe you just read the prayer that's in the upper room. And there's nothing wrong with any of those. But think then of the Jews. Three one-hour pray stations a day that they were to do. How fervent are you in your prayers? What does your prayer consist of? Needs? Worries, of course, the pandemic right now, undoubtedly. But what is really on your heart? What is God placing in your heart to pray about for Archdale friends, for your community? What are you really in including in your prayers? And are you listening when God is speaking to your heart? We often ask God for things when we pray. But we need to ask, seek, knock, and listen. Before the coronavirus came along, I'd ask a few people what they pray about and hear their responses. My health, my family, strength to get through the day, safety, tough times, I pray when I'm going through difficult times, asking God for wisdom and guidance. I pray during grief times and sadness. Other people responded with loneliness. I pray for my children, police officers, and firemen. And two people said, our family always prays before meals. The Jews did that too when they prayed. So they weren't just praying those three times, they prayed before their meals. 
and a lot of times after them. Several people said, I pray more when there is a crisis, and boy, isn't that true today. And one said, I pray that I can be Jesus every day. So what and how do you pray to God the Almighty, the Eternal, and to His Son, Jesus Christ our Savior? Do you make requests? Do you take time to listen, to be still, and know that He is God? You know, if I'm not careful in my own prayers, I can be just asking. Or prayers of desperation. Have you ever had a prayer of desperation? The time that Darlene and I lost our checkbook in a store. You know, we were desperately looking for it, and we were desperately praying. And the time when our second son, Alan, hid in the midst of the clothes rack at the store, and we couldn't find him for a few minutes, you know, you kind of panic. And you say, Lord, just help us find him. Where is he? Show him to us. You go ask some clerks to help look. But there was prayers of desperation in that instance. And the time my mother was in the hospital, and I was 11 hours away, a prayer of desperation that I would get there. We would get there before her final breath. Fortunately, in that case, we did. Prayers of de desperation. You know, we do most of the talking, don't we? We all have no doubt prayed prayers of desperation. Even Jesus prayed from the Garden of Gethsemane, if you'll remember. Lord, remove this cup from me if it is your will. So we all have prayed prayers of desperation. And there's nothing wrong with a prayer of desperation. They're not selfish. You're just asking for divine help. You're asking for him to intervene for you. Do you recall the little boy who acted up in church one too many times and his father picked him up and carried him out to the back door to uh, punish him? And as he was going out the back door, the little boy yelled, Please pray for me. You know, prayers of desperation. Prayers for help. We do those. And there's nothing wrong with having those prayers. But there's also something significant that we should remember in asking, seeking, and knocking. Lorton Heisel once said, be careful what you pray for because you might get it. So when you do a prayer and you say, God, just answer me, and if you do, I'll go to church more, or I'll serve on the committee more, or I'll tithe more, or... I'll help my neighbors more. Remember, when you offer a promise, you need to keep that promise. So when you make a promise to God, make sure you fulfill it, even when it's attached to a prayer of desperation or just to a prayer for help. Today's scripture lesson, Jesus emphasizes to the disciples principles for a good prayer life. For you, for all of us, to act, ask, seek, and knock. And, of course, I have added the importance, in my opinion, of listening. Be a good, active listener of what is God telling you in your quietness as you pray. Most, many of us have been asking about the coronavirus. Coronavirus. 
How did it start? Why has it spread so profusely? How can we stop it? How can I protect myself and my family? When will it be safe for us to be gathered together here or to go to restaurants or to even see our friends? So we ask these questions and others, and I don't know those answers. But people are seeking those answers. Prayers are going up, and people are seeking those answers. When one will come, I don't know. But they're asking, and people are seeking a solution, a resolution, a healing. So there's an important part about our asking and then continuing to seek. When you become ill with a virus, whether it's a, um, a sinus infection or maybe a, a different medical condition, you pray for healing. You pray for strength. You ask God to help you. But if it doesn't go away in a few days, we seek medical attention. So you ask and you seek. You need an answer to a question that kind of just gets under your skin and you can't quite figure it out. And so you seek a solution. You seek the answer. And the same is true in your relationship with God. Ask and seek. Read the scriptures. Try to find an answer to your spiritual question there. Maybe you have a question that doesn't deal with the scriptures. But you're asking and seeking God for help. Look for the solution. Don't give up, don't give in, and don't give out. Keep asking and seeking. You know, if you want better health, if you want to lose some weight, you can ask all you want. But if you don't seek the solution, if you don't put into practice a way to be healthier, exercising and eating the right foods, you're not going to get any less weight. You're not going to lose weight. And you're not going to get healthier. So you got to ask. And then you have to seek. So in your relationship with God, ask how you can serve Him more. How you can be a better person. How you can have a better relationship with Jesus. How you can have a personal relationship with Him. So ask and seek, and don't give up. Keep seeking. Knock on that door. Keep knocking on it. Nicodemus was a member of the Pharisees, and he was a Sanhedrin, which meant that he made some of the religious laws. He helped make those in his time when Jesus was alive. But he had heard Jesus talk. He had heard some of his addresses, some of his ministry, some of his words, some of his messages, and they spoke to his heart and to his condition. And so he wanted to know where Jesus was going to be next. He wanted to hear some more. And then finally, he wanted to have an interaction with Jesus. So he sought Jesus and where he was going to be at night and had a conversation. So he asked, he learned some things, and then he realized that he wanted more depth more understanding, more truth, so he could make a better decision. So he sought where Jesus was and had a conversation with him. And we can have conversations with Christ as we read the scriptures or as we 
interact with him in our active prayer life. So seek him. Ask Christ to help you understand what he wants you to be, where he wants you to go, and what he wants you to do for him and for the church. How can I help build the church? If you want a deeper understanding of your mission and your purpose as a child of God, start asking some questions and seeking the answers. God will guide you. He'll provide those. It may not be today, tomorrow, or even six months from now. But keep asking and keep seeking. You know, now I could pray, Lord, here is my Bible. Show me your truth. And if I just lay that Bible down and I don't do anything else with it, that might be a noble prayer. But I'm not seeking. I'm not looking. I'm not trying to find. Ask and seek. If you want to know God's plan and God's purpose more for your life, do some studying on your own. Especially in these days of the pandemic, you have time at home. But we should take time every day to seek some knowledge of what God wants us to be in this world and what he wants us to offer other people and what he wants us to offer his church and how we can help build it. Seeking and knocking are important, but not giving up. Seeking and asking are important, but not giving up. Knocking is too. A Quaker writer of the past century, uh, Douglas Steer, wrote these words. Uh, he was 93 when he passed away, but these words still are in print today. Upon my death, I return from the one to whom I belong. For regardless of how self-sufficient I have come to be and how much I have accumulated, when my body fails, there is only one who can translate me into another life. My return to God in the life that I am living today, but I must understand the significance of growing in Christ every day as a child of God. See, obedience is essential. Asking God is essential. Seeking is essential. And being persistent following what God has put in your heart is essential. So we got to listen. Ask God how you can share his message that he's put in your life. How can you become holy? How can you live at peace with all men? How can you allow God's holiness to shine through you? Douglas Steer further wrote, in my personal experience, growing closer to God happens not as an observer, not one in the stands, not one in the pews, but requires a daily commitment of asking, seeking, and knocking. Hearing God, finding God, and taking active steps to his way. God, your creator, Steer says, deserves much more than last-minute prayers. Now, how many of you know Dietrich Bonhoeffer? He was a great German theologian. 
who uh, wrote from Nazi prisons um, in 1944. And I have some words from him as well. I should like to speak of God, not on the borders of my life, but at the center, not in weakness, but in strength, not in suffering and in death, but in the goodness and the life of Christ. For I can see God in the midst of that life. See, Bonhoeffer desired to seek God even from prison. Even when he was suffering, he tried to raise God up in the center of his heart every day. Not on the edges, not on the fringes, not just from the pews, but at the center. He kept knocking and being persistent. And he made a significant difference for God, living a legacy in the prison that touched the lives of many people there and even beyond. One doesn't need to be a theologian, a pastoral minister, to keep God at the center of your life. It requires just asking, seeking, being persistent or knocking, and listening for what God is telling you in your heart at the center. If you want a deeper spiritual relationship with Jesus, then take the time to do it. It has eternal consequences. And I mean it has eternal consequences. Don't be satisfied with a drowsy, sleepy spiritual life. Transforming, being, be a transforming child of God, living that legacy that Peter, John, Mark, Matthew, Bartholomew, Thaddeus, that they left. That your parents left. We're getting ready to celebrate Mother's Day. That your mothers perhaps have left for you. A legacy of living for God. Building the church. How are you sharing Christ's message? With the lost. With those who haven't heard. You know, I enjoy fishing. I've shared that many a times. And I also enjoy gardening. But, you know, those are not my redeemer. I enjoy them. They give me fuel for my soul. They do. Uh, I enjoy being outside and working in God's creation and seeing the flowers. These are from our flower garden at home. I enjoy seeing God being alive in creation. But, he, but that's not my redeemer. My Redeemer is the one who died on the cross for me. And when he asked me, when I asked him and he asked me to love him, I want to do that in every way possible. I want to be able to show off God to others, not just here at Archdale Friends, but to my family, to my neighbors. I want to be able to show off God. I want to be able to bring people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as Gene said earlier, he has a personal relationship with God. That's what we should be seeking to do. Giving people 
tools to have a personal relationship. But I first have to ask, seek, and knock, and not give up. In these days of our instant society, the drive-through uh, fast, fast food restaurants, takeout orders, the internet. You know, I talk to Siri. You ever talk to Siri and say, God, how do I get to Home Depot? Or God, how do I get to, you know, 2525 New Salem Road? I ask him those questions. And I get an instant response. It just comes right back. Well, most of the time. Sometimes he gets confused with my questions or doesn't respond too well. But it doesn't take much to plan a meal. Well, it takes a little bit. I've done that a few times. So it does take a little bit to get it to the table. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort to reach a destination, especially if you know what it is. Or you can ask Siri or you can Google it. So instant is okay sometimes. But there's nothing like a home-cooked meal fresh on the table satisfy your soul. Some things require time and effort and your spiritual life is one of those. Some people it comes easier to than others. Some of us have to dig and dig and dig and ask questions and seek and seek some more and keep knocking and keep being persistent to just saying, Lord, what do you want me to do today? How can I be your servant today? How can I love you more today? How can I love people around me more? How can you forgive me? So sometimes to live a legacy for God, it takes a little effort. Sometimes it takes a lot of effort. But I guarantee you, as you ask, seek, and knock, Jesus has more for you than you've ever dreamed, if ever imaginable that he just wants to give you in love and grace and mercy and wisdom and truth. But we've got to do what we have to do to seek. Now, I don't know why God doesn't answer all of our prayers, doesn't answer all of our questions. People have asked me more recently, do you think these are the end times? I don't know. Matthew and Mark says, the angels don't know when the end times are. The son doesn't know when the end times are. Only the father. So we don't know. But I do know that we need to keep asking, seeking, and knocking, and sharing the gospel message so we can take more people with us. Or so we can share his love and light. So we can share our personal relationship with God with others. So they can hear and they can be informed. And make their decisions too. No, I don't know when the end times are. But I know I want to be prepared. So I ask you to put aside the demands of the world. Lay aside your work during the course of a day. Lay aside your own personal pleasures. Turn off the TV. And pick up your Bible. You know, we provide Bible reading every week here at Archdale Friends that go out on emails. And during this pandemic time, we're sending out the Sunday school lessons in an abbreviated form. So there's opportunities for you to seek knowledge, to find it, and to be able to share it. Get busy discovering who is at your center. What is most important? 
and what God requires from you. Just don't permit the distractions of this world to interfere with your relationship with God and in sharing his light. Charles Stanley writes, The world, Satan, wants to keep you busy, entertain till you forget to pray. Seek and knock. And he says further, be careful, very careful what you permit to enter into your heart, your spiritual center. Keep your mind focused on Christ and his word. Since we know how to give our child, children good things, we give them good things. And in our scripture lesson today, it says, then how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So God is ready to give. He's ready to give to you direction, peace, purpose that we can give and impart to others. Do you need to make a commitment to ask, seek? And not? Do you sincerely want a stronger relationship with he who died with you on the cross? Do you want to know what purpose God has for you today, this week, for your life? Do you want to love God even more than what you already do and follow him to be holy so the world can see what holy is to look like? If you do, then pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I love you. And I need you right now. Forgive me of where I've failed you and others. Heal the brokenness in my heart. I want to follow you. Help me to make the commitment to seek you more faithfully. Send the Holy Spirit and fill my soul with your goodness. Give me strength and the willpower to grow closer to the Almighty God. Fill my heart, Lord, with your Holy Spirit and a desire to know you better each day. I receive you now and desire to grow as a child of the living God. Amen. Our closing hymn that Charlene will be sharing with us and Rick's going to come and help lead it. And it'll be on the screen.
before the closing prayer, I have an announcement um, I would like to make, um, and that is um, many of you know that I've been thinking quite seriously about um, my retirement days, and those are approaching. Um, I've already talked to ministering council, and, and I gave a letter to Kevin um, Alberson on Friday, um, clerk of ministering council, to uh, acknowledge when my uh, last day here at Archdale Friends and and retirement uh, as a pastoral leader in North Carolina Year Meeting um, is coming, and that would be December 20th, 2020. I know this is maybe a little early to make such kind of an announcement, but with the pandemic and not knowing how long that's going to go and wanting to give ample time for um, Archdale Friends Ministering Council to uh, seek someone to be the pastoral leader, um, I'm announcing that retirement today uh, to the general public. Ministry Council has known since January that this was coming, so they've already been doing a little work to uh, make preparation. But I'm making that um, announcement to all of you today. It's a little unusual to do that to an empty congregation uh, and to do that on Facebook. And I know there's other people that um, have will be listening in. Um, so I just ask two things. I ask that you pray for Ministry Council. Rather than getting on your phone right after this worship service and, and making comments or getting on your phone and calling other people, I'd ask that you pray for your ministering council. Take five, seven minutes just to pray that they would have wisdom and guidance in uh, making a decision for the next pastoral leader here at Archdale Friends. And secondly, I'd ask that you pray for Archdale Friends uh, in, as a whole, that um, we would continue to reach out beyond our borders out beyond our walls here to influence our community for Christ. So in the next five, ten minutes, I'd ask that you just, right where you're sitting, right wherever you are at home, that you would just take some time to lift up ministering council members and our stale friends, mission and purpose, to reach out beyond these walls to influence people for the cause of Christ. Darlene and I are very grateful for the years that we've had here. Uh, the relationships that we've built uh, will not be um, forgotten. And so we thank you for the, these wonderful six years. And by the time December gets here, that'll be six and a half years. Uh, but again, December 20th uh, is my retirement time. But let's pray. Jesus, I just ask you to lay your hands upon our stale friends lay your hands upon ministering council as they make decisions about the future of this wonderful congregation and these people. I thank you that they have given so generously and graciously to our family, to Darlene and I, to the ministry here at Our Still Friends, who continue to build up their hearts and give them strength. And in the days to come, continue each individual pray, to ask, to seek, and to knock for greater spiritual guidance. In your name, amen.